Now it's from Matthew, the third chapter. Beginning in verse 1, Matthew 3, beginning in 1. In those days, John the baptizer came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. May the Lord of Lords add blessing, understanding, and inspiration to the reading of his holy word. In these next several weeks, we will be speaking and learning on the topic, Walking the Roads with Jesus. The ministry of the Lord Jesus did not happen in a classroom. It did not occur in lecture halls. His travels and his lessons were not broadcast over TV or social media. The healings that Jesus performed, the miracles, did not take place in hospitals. The earthly ministry of Jesus took place on the roads. Teaching took place as he traveled from town to town, on foot, on the rough, dusty trails as the crowds followed him. Miracles and healings happened as folks by the roadsides cried out to him for help. 
And a group of young men were taught the principles of the kingdom of God as they walked with him and sat with him and were sent out by him. We have the accounts written by four different followers of the things that were said and done on the roads with Jesus. The gospel accounts are there to bear witness of these things and to proclaim Jesus as the true Messiah. The text that we read this morning tells us about John the baptizer. He who prepared the road for Jesus, paved the way, so to speak. This was the introduction, the unveiling, the grand opening, the coming out of the ministry of Jesus. All four of the gospel writers give an account of this particular occurrence. You think it was important? of John and his calling and his ministry and of the baptism of Jesus. As we see in our text in verse 3, the prophet Isaiah had foretold the role of John and his calling. Isaiah saw and he proclaimed that there would be one who would pave the way, who would proclaim the coming of the Messiah. Isaiah chapter 40. Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. And voice three that was quoted in our text, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth for the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So how was it spoken? How did this happen and come to pass in the life of John? First of all, John was preaching repentance. John was preaching repentance. He was calling the Jews, the nation, back to their father. Back to their father. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. We know especially those of us who attended Thursday nights uh, a couple of months ago, we know that the great prophet Elijah truly foreshadowed the calling and ministry of John the baptizer. Remember 1 Kings 18, the great showdown against the prophets of Baal. King 18, 37, listen to the prayer of Elijah in 1 Kings 18, answer me, Lord, answer me, so that these people will know that you, Lord, are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. Repentance. Please understand, 
the calling on the life of John the Baptist was not limited to baptizing Jesus and others. He was the one for that day to begin the cry of repentance. The cry for the nation to turn back to their God. Can you imagine? The prophets had been silent for 400 years, not a peep. 400 years. Then the word came to John's father, a priest named Zechariah, through the message of an angel, that God was up to something. God was up to something. God was moving. God was working. And the elderly, godly couple, Zechariah and Elizabeth, would have a son. I want you to listen to the message of the angel from Luke chapter 1, beginning in 13. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. Oh, is that a theme? Yeah, it is. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many. Say, bring back many. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. That's what the angel said to John's father that the ministry of his son would be all about. Do you see that? To make a people ready and, and prepared for the Lord. And friends, repentance, turning from their sin and disobedience back to God was the way of preparing a people. God draws his people back to him. I said God draws his people back to him. Turning them away from foolish sin and toward his ways of righteousness and holiness and love. John was preaching repentance. Secondly, John was pointing to Jesus. John was pointing to Jesus. He was pointing people away from sin and to the Savior. Away from sin and toward the Savior. John was announcing his arrival. Verse 11, I baptize you with water for repentance, but... After me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. John 1.29 says this, 
The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John was pointing away from sin toward Jesus, toward Messiah. We preached a few weeks ago, a few weeks back ago on the, on the text, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. The ultimate, listen, the ultimate repentance, the total turnaround that becomes possible only happens through the Lord Jesus. Complete turnaround. New life. Transformation. You see, John preached repentance and pointed to the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah. So why did Jesus, of all people, the perfect representation of the Father, need to be baptized? If you'll recall, amidst the protests of John the Baptist, Jesus explains why he has come to be baptized. Matthew 3, 15, let it be so now, it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented, and he allowed him. First, Jesus' baptism was an act of obedience. Jesus' baptism was an act of obedience. Jesus humbles himself to do what God asks. It's obedience to God. Jesus does this because God the Father requires it. He lived a life of complete obedience to God. That's why we can say about Jesus and no other person that ever lived, he lived a perfect, sinless life. I can't say that. You can't say that. Only Jesus can say that. <laughs> John protested. Remember? John looked at him and said, it's me that should be baptized by you. Huh, appears that John knew who he was. Amen? Jesus says something really interesting here. He says, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. Friends, don't fly over a little word here. Us. I find the word us in this verse extraordinary extraordinary. Jesus didn't baptize himself. Jesus was baptized by another servant in the Lord. Friend, listen, you're going to get nowhere without some help in this life. You are going to you are going to be mired in nothing if you don't allow if you don't allow folks to minister to you, can I say it that way? 
It's interesting that it says us here. Not only was it proper for Jesus to fulfill all righteousness, but the participation of John here was proper. John was fulfilling what he had been called to do. He had been called to, 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 to make the path straight for Messiah. And there he was. Obedience to God is all that God's ever asked for. And Jesus is all about fulfilling obedience to his Father in every way. It's an interesting text in John chapter 14, verse 30. John 14, 30, Jesus' words, I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is Satan coming. He has no hold over me, but listen to this, verse 31. But he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Somebody say, do exactly. You see, Jesus' life, Jesus' life was a picture of complete obedience to his heavenly Father. Jesus' baptism was an act of obedience. Second, Jesus' baptism was an act of humility. Was an act of humility. Submitting to the baptism of John, a baptism that, that John proclaimed, look at the obedience and then the humility of Jesus, as Paul described it, in Philippians 2.5. Philippians 2.5, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus. So, this is the mindset of Christ Jesus. Listen to this. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself by being obedient to death even the death on the cross Jesus came to John John immediately recognized who he was and that John was not worthy even to untie his sandals but, but listen, Jesus acknowledged and in humility submitted himself to John's baptism, to John's ministry. Humility. This was the servant mindset of the Lord Jesus throughout his life and ministry. The life and attitude of a humble servant. A humble servant. He submitted totally to the will of his heavenly father. This baptism was a symbol of his humility. Thirdly, Jesus' baptism was an act of identification. It was an act of identification. Matthew 3.16 As soon as Jesus was baptized, 
He went up out of the water. At that moment, somebody say at that moment. Right then. Right then. Heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said what? This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus is clearly and dramatically identified here as the Son of God. Clearly identified. Say identified. You got it? He is the one foretold by the prophets. He is the one who followers had been looking for and hoping for and praying for for so long. He is the one. Note here that it was the Father's voice and the descending dove that identified him as the true Messiah. I love this passage so much because we have before our very eyes the manifestation of what has been known as the Trinity, the Godhead three in one. We see here God the Father and hear his voice. We see here God the Son, Jesus the Messiah, and we see God the Holy Spirit. Somebody say to you, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. You ever hear anybody say that? Somebody said to me, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. Just take them to Matthew 3. Friend, he is all, listen, he is all that the Father said he would be. And the Father is well pleased. He is well pleased. Fourth, Jesus' baptism was an act of commitment. Was an act of commitment. This was also a baptism of commitment. This launched Jesus' ministry that would eventually lead to the cross. He knew where this road was headed. For three and a half years, Jesus would follow the will of the Father, walking the roads of ministry and teaching and healing. And it would end with his cruel death on the cross. His inauguration, his unveiling, his grand opening here began that process. It was a commitment to God's plan. Are you committed to God's plan? Are you all in to the plan that God has for your life? In Jesus' baptism, he was showing that he was committed. He was committed. Totally and fully committed. It was a commitment to God's plan, the plan for redemption, the plan for the hope of the world, the plan for you, the plan for me. These are Jesus' own words 
outlining his mission and his all-in level of commitment. Luke chapter 4, listen to this. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Friends, Jesus was committed. He was all in. How's your commitment level to the plan that God has for you? I think the calling on the life of the contemporary believer mirrors the calling that we just read on the life of Jesus. Indeed, the Spirit of the Lord is on us. Indeed, He has anointed us to proclaim good news. Indeed, He has sent us to proclaim freedom to the prisoners. Indeed, we are to lay hands on the blind and they shall receive sight. We are to set the oppressed free. And more than ever, more than ever in the life of the church, listen to me, we are to proclaim the Lord's favor. Let's not fly over that little portion for a second. Have you seen the Lord's favor in your life? Are you walking in the Lord's favor? Are you, are you, are you walking a life that recognizes and receives blessing from God? If so, proclaim it. Part of being all in is being all proclaiming. Proclaim the Lord's favor. How do you do that? <laughs> you know, God's been good to me. <laughs> you know, he's, he's touched me in so many ways. He's provided for me in so many ways. I've watched him work. He's even allowing me to pastor a little church. Amen. Proclaim the Lord's favor. So as we begin this series in walking the roads with Jesus, I want us to pay close attention. I want us to pay close attention. Everybody go. I want us to pay close attention. Attention to things like this. I want us to pay attention to the compassion of Jesus toward the least of these. I want us to pay attention to that as we walk the roads with him over the next weeks. I want us to pay attention to the servant humility of Jesus. I want us to discover that Jesus indeed did not think himself higher than anybody else, but instead he got right down there in the dirt and the muck and the blood. I want us to pay attention in these next weeks to the wisdom of Jesus as he teaches, as he speaks, 
like none ever before or since. I want us to pay attention to his wisdom. And I want us to pay attention over these next weeks to the character of Jesus, clearly identified just like that of his heavenly Father. I've quoted the, 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 the first couple of verses of the book of Hebrews before, and I'm going to paraphrase it. When you look at Jesus, you see the Father. When you look at Jesus, you see the Father. Hebrews 1 says he is the exact representation. Say exact representation. So I believe that if we watch him on the road, if we, if we walk with him on the roads, we're going to come to a better understanding of who indeed he was and who he is in our lives. We're going to walk the roads with Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.